Hello and welcome to the Coffee House Football Cast. This week we're going kind of light and we were thinking we would build teams around some players. Uh, so Paul and I set together a couple ground rules here. Um, they had to be under 25 years of age. They had to be under, uh, as as said by Transfer Market, um, under 30 million. I think U.S. It was, dollars. Was yeah. it U.S. dollars? Yeah. U.S. dollars in price. And uh, I think that that was about it. A couple of, yeah. Um, the other things, uh, the reasons why we chose um, under 25 and under $30 million is that uh, we wanted to make sure we built a team around young players that, had, can, that have lots of potential to be around for more than just a couple of years and uh, players that have some experience or maybe maybe very little experience, but also players that have high resale value in the future and um, also limit the budget to a point so that uh, we are um, not just picking the best players on the planet because that could be a really easy thing to do. So, Yeah, the answer to everything is, uh, is Missy. You just take him. There Maybe I mean I would just say yeah the you know we got Mbappe and uh, Neymar and there's yeah. a bunch of great players young players right now that are just killing it right now so um, Virgil yeah. Van Dyke um, although he's not exactly young he's kind of no, he's 33 really Van not Dyke? 33 he's uh, 28 sorry yeah yeah uh, sorry for some reason I had Messi in my head who is 33 <laughs> or 34 um, yeah um, so. Yeah. Do you want to go first? Should I go first? You want to flip a coin? I don't actually have a coin. No, you go first. You can go I first. go first? Yes, you go first. Oh, man. All right, so... Oh, the other rule is that once a player is picked, uh, we were picking... We are doing a thing that... Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, once a player is picked, that's it. Um, another person can't pick that player for their ultimate team, obviously. Right, yeah. Okay, there, yeah. There's only one. Yeah, there's only one. Okay. Well, like, you know, like if you were to do a FIFA thing, you could somehow have, yeah, have, on have the same team. Multiple uh, players. Yeah, multiple yeah. same players. That's not the idea. Uh, anyway. We're so. trying to trying to go with one. Um, so I looked at a lot of options, and I'm sure there are players that are definitely better, but I'm actually going to take the, uh, the young American from Juventus. You're gonna go. Um, I'm McKinney. gonna take Weston McKinney, and it's primarily because of the versatility. Um, he has played basically everywhere. At I mean, in the top league in uh, Germany, mm-hmm. so you can slot him in if you have a hole in injury somewhere. You can put him there if you have to, and he's a pretty good midfielder in his own right. Yeah. Um, he's you know fairly strong. He's not gonna get bullied. So, I'm going to take McKinney number one. Okay. Cool. Uh, how old is he again? He's 23. No. I, 24? Mm-mm. He's younger than that. I think he's like 20. I think he might be 21. 22 tops. Um, okay. Um, let's see. I, I, yeah, he's 22. As of today. All right, so uh, I'm going to start at the back, all the way at the back. I'm going to start with a goalkeeper. And I'm going to start with uh, Dean Henderson from Manchester United, who's 24 um, and has now started to claim a place at Manchester United. reason why I choose him specifically um, 
is that of all the goalkeepers last year in the English Premier League, he had the highest XG rate of any goalkeeper. And he might be one of the biggest reasons why Sheffield went from finishing 11th to last, or I think they were like 10th or 11th last year, to now last and will finish last in the Premier League this year. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable how valuable he was for them last year. Um, and he's showing it with Manchester United, and I think he's going to be able to play till he's 41 or 42. So you have a goalkeeper Keepers. for 18 yep. years. You just got to pay him at that point. Um, he's an excellent distributor of the ball. He can play on the ground, simple, or you can hit the ball long. He can hit like a ball like 75 yards in the air. I mean, he's got everything. He's a great shot stopper, commands his box, claims crosses, does everything yeah. that you want a goalkeeper to do. And he's tough and British, so I think that's <laughs> always a good thing too. Tough um, and British is important. Tough and British is important. So, yeah, uh, I'm going to start there. Yeah, I actually, so Dean Henderson was on like my top three list of guys I should take, and I was like, let don't don't take him first. Let the let the goalkeeper coach. Oh, take no, the I would have taken. There was another keeper too from uh, from Lille who has also been excellent this year. That I would he was going to be the other guy that I was going to choose. The other guy. Um, uh, I think it was. Let's see if I can find him. I think it's Megan Mike Megan. Um, he plays for Lille. He's been starting for them. He's been really really good for them. Excellent shot stopper. Good distributor. Yes, Mike Megan, goalkeeper Lille, twenty five. Um, he's another guy I think would be really good for a really long time. So, goalkeepers tend to to last for a while. They stick around. They can, yeah. I mean, the game. I mean, they don't. Their legs don't get as beat up and worn down over years and years and years. It's yeah. shorter sprints, and you can get away with not being as aggressive all the time. You like super keepers like Manuel Neuer. I mean, he's I don't know, like thirty two or four, thirty three or something like that. Yeah. He still does. He does. He's not nearly as aggressive as he used to be, but he's still, you know, still out there. He's still an excellent shot stopper, and he can yeah. still distribute the ball really, really well. So, well, he's also pretty big, isn't he? He's like six four, six five. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, that's just one attribute. But he's yeah. also really quick, and yeah, and yeah, in the game on uh, Tuesday, actually, he actually made a couple of mistakes. I was really surprised by that. The first goal against uh, PSG was his fault. I think he yeah. like started to guess on a. Uh, Mbappe shot and then <laughs> he got his hands on it and put it in his own net. It was oh. just kind of fascinating. Anyway, but yes, so let's yeah. uh, let's serpentine. I, I had first pick last round, then you picked. Why don't you pick this one and I'll pick next? So, second pick, yeah. Um, all right, I gotta think about this just for a moment. <laughs> um, maybe I'll stay in England for a moment. Um, or I go um, actually you know I was thinking about my second player my center back um, and I was kind of vacillating between a couple players um, but I think I'm going to start with Axel Dissassi from Monaco, 25. He's center back. He was one of the best center backs last year for Rem, I think it was. Or he was playing for like a small, one of the smaller front league on size. And uh, a lot of top teams were looking at him because he was so affordable. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. Yeah, maybe it was Rem or. Camera, but there was, they were playing. He played for a team and they were, they had finished fifth or sixth last year. Um, 
and was one of the best players for that. They were probably, probably their best player for that team last year. Um, I'm blanking on who he, um, he played for. So what was the name again? Axel. Axel? E-A-A-X-E-L. Uh, Disasi. D-I-S-A-S-I. A-S-I. Disasi. Disasi. Yeah, he played for Rem last year. Yep. And he was one of their best players uh, for Rem last year. And he was, and he's a big, he's 6'3", French player, um, really good center back. He might be one of their best center backs, even though he hasn't really gotten to the same you know, level as like a Upamakano or um, I can't there's another uh, Konate, um, Ibrahim Konate, who's playing for Leipzig as well. Um, he, I think he's a solid, really solid, will win balls in the air on the ground. Um, decent distributor of the ball, but I have a better one coming up, I think, if he is available um, for the next round. You're so. going, you're going like dual center backs and, and uh, goalkeeper. goalkeeper. Yeah. yeah, I'm starting, I'm starting with the spine. Yeah. I'm going spine first and then I can, then I can do whatever. My attackers can just have very specific traits and go from there. Right. Yeah. Um, all right. I'm going to, I'm going to see if I'm picking the one that he wants, uh, Abdou Diallo? No. No, that's not who you're taking? No. All right. I'm going to take Abdou uh, Diallo. A um, lot of talk about his leadership over the years. He's strong. He's only six feet tall, six one or whatever. But Who does he play for again? Uh, he's at Paris Saint-Germain right now. I'm not even sure he starts for them. But He's not. Well, I don't think of I, uh, I'm trying to think. He's not usually one of their starters. But No. He played at Dortmund. Like, uh, t- yeah, I do remember he played yeah. for Dortmund. He, they usually have like Tilo Carrer and uh, Marquinhos. Uh, Marquinhos. Marquinhos has now been playing in a center defensive midfield. Has he moved so, up? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have they been playing um, Kimbempe? Yep. Kimbempe is the other guy. Kimbempe that they, and Carrer. Uh, left footed. That's yeah. Um. Okay. So I guess that means I would go next. Yep. All right. So you have a you have a like a center midfielder, center like a number midfielder. eight, and then you have a center back. And I so you're also building back. a spine. You guys, you're building a yeah, spine. Yeah, you get it. Middle's important. Middle's important. All right. Um, I'm actually kind of like you, where when it comes to like your attackers, it's you have everything, and then you're like, well, I mean, what do I have available uh, to make the attack work? I'm kind of. I guess I'm going to go with this would be kind of interesting I'm going to go with Julian Brandt center midfielder from Dortmund from Dortmund he's attacking center midfielder yeah it's not a bad choice actually no Um, I think he's going to um, link up fairly well with kind of the the McKinney like box to box yeah McKinney's going to be the late runner he'll do all the kind of hard shuttling and not that Julian Brand doesn't do any hard work but he's not the same sort of um, he can be he can be kind of let loose to be a little bit more creative Ozily, yeah yeah um that's the plan there who are you taking my last player so so we have two I'm going to go with the two center backs and the goalkeeper I think mm-hmm. right now I'm going to start with uh Gabriel Mark Gales from Arsenal. He's a 23-year-old center back, left-sided center back, left-footed center left-footed. back. Left-footed. And um, I think he's an extra distributor of the ball, 
good and mm-hmm. good in the tackle can sometimes get caught too high but for the most part is very solid moving the ball and uh and also just solid defensively like most of the games that Arsenal have won he's been there uh he's been starting and I think he's going to be one of the best center backs uh for that team for a long time yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. so so he has Dean Henderson Axel DeSassi and what was his first name Gabriel 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 Margalis um as who Paul has decided to start his team with um I'm all over the place I have Weston McKenney uh god I don't even remember his first name I'm terrible with Abdu. names yeah Abdu Diallo and then I have Julian Brandt um so I mean that's that's going to be interesting if the if the goal is for them to play against each other I have no idea who's playing in net right now and I know that you have a good one so that'll be I think I, for me it, it's all about making sure like I think if the you know back four or five you know they've including a center defensive midfielder they can all play with the ball but if they're all just solid at the back I always think about how Man City are Man City have one of the biggest problems of the last two years why they struggled towards the end or in the Champions League etc is because defensively they were um, defensively, they weren't good enough towards the end. I mean, they yeah. also had some injuries too, like Fernandinho was playing at the back at times and blah, blah, blah. But I think um, they've solidified that. Yeah. And now, even though they're not winning games like 4 and 5 nil, they can still do that. And right. it's just kind of based on this philosophy that they're solid at the back and they can build forward. And I don't even think they have, I mean, they have a really good goalkeeper in Ederson, but I don't know if he's like, the best keeper in the world, you know, like he's he's, he's like solid top ten or whatever, yeah, but yeah. you know, he's a great distributor of the ball. He's I would say less I think that's his his best attribute is as a goalkeeper, yeah, yeah, in like decision making as a he almost got caught on actually uh against Dortmund on Wednesday. Like he actually it, she did get caught. They got lucky because in that game, I don't know if if anyone watched the game on Wednesday, was it Wednesday? I think it was Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday. Um that whole VAR fiasco, lack of VAR fiasco with uh, Jude Bellingham and Ederson, where uh, ball got played oh, back. Yeah. Ederson got made a touch. It was a heavy touch, and Jude Bellingham came in and won the ball, and Ederson kicked him, and he got a foul for it. Ederson won a foul, and um, I remember that. Yeah. Jude Bellingham had scored, but they had blown the whistle really, so he can't do anything about it. Once yeah. the whistle's blown, that's the end of it. Plays dead. Plays dead, and so. For me, if I were, I would have been so upset if I were a Dortmund fan. They should have just let it play. Yeah. And if it was a foul, it was a foul, but it wasn't. Yeah. It was clearly not a foul. Let, really disappointing, but... Let VAR do its job there. Like, let let the play go. It's and a then, tough thing, because it, it yeah. looks like he kicked him. Yep. You know, and in mm-hmm. the speed of the moment, there's not much you can do at that point. You know, yep. like you've... You know, and that's one of those, like, faults with VAR, and this is yep. why I hate VAR in a lot of ways, is because VAR takes away, can even though it can give so much, it can also take away a lot as well. Yeah. And in a way, I think the only things that really matter is if a ball crosses a line or if something's offside. When it yeah. comes to fouls, I think it doesn't really matter. If something's a penalty or not, like, I don't think those even should be looked at, unless it's, like, so egregious, and then yep. they're, like, in their ear, it's like, this needs to be looked at right away, um, 
then I yeah. Other than that, I don't see it as a point. You know, yeah. they are for like off ball stuff. Like if something's happening that the ref yes. doesn't see, like what away from the play, then yes. you can do it. Like yes, it needs yeah. to be looked in. Like that's the, those are the type of things I think that VR should be for, and not for like whether or not a ball hit an arm or a hand because those right. things have been interpreted poorly as well. Um, right. Strangely, and it's kind of fascinating. It's like we these are the same mistakes we were making before, but we weren't wasting like 40 minutes of our time trying to get the VAR right. And that's the other thing, too. Like the game stops, and the thing is, is that soccer is a game that doesn't stop, never stops. And we yeah. stop, we're stopping now. And I think you know, um, Arsene Wenger's kind of going over the rules and stuff, and he's one of his big changes is with offside. Um, which I don't know if anyone's heard about this rule change, but the the rule change is that now a person has to be completely his whole body has to be you outside. You can't you can't lean. Like you can lean. Yeah. Like you can lean now. So like yeah. you can't like if your your whole body like if your foot oh, is still he's on side it the other way. Got yeah. It. So like there's it's giving the tie to the you know or to giving the attacker. Yeah. So more goals will be scored that yeah, way. Yeah, that's actually so you can you can do the hockey. I don't know how well versed you are in hockey. Oh yeah, yeah. With the you like do, rule, do you the like touch, split kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. As long as something is touching that line, that blue line, it, it so it's going to change the game drastically, yeah. and it'll actually make it easier for people to see. Um, yeah, it'll make it easier for the offside off. rule. Yeah. 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 Much easier, in my opinion. It's if he's a little bit on sides, he's all the way on sides. Yeah, yeah, and I think yeah. that actually makes things a little bit easier. It Absolutely. makes it work for VAR as well, because mm-hmm. then all all the like you'll still have those like lines, but it'll be a lot easier to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's a little fascinating and interesting. They um, uh, they changed the handball rule as well. That's one of the reasons why the handballs have been so weird this year, I believe. <sighs> They yeah. changed the rule how it worked. And it's it, still is it's still insane. That's why I think those <laughs> things just shouldn't be checked. Like right. it's un- understandable unless it's so like oh it definitely hit the guy's chest. Yeah, you know, like it shouldn't be changed or looked at at all. Like I think the referees get it right more than they get it, a lot more than they get it wrong. Right. And I think the other thing too is that you're making referees' decisions and disingenuous. Yeah, you know, they you're making them you know not. Um, not as valuable anymore, and I think you take away um, power in that sense, not give it to them in a lot yeah. of ways, you know. And a lot of people see the game differently. The yeah. person on the, in the VAR booth is going to see it, the game differently than the guy on the field, right? And they might have different decisions to make. And what ends up happening is that those referees on the field sometimes rely either too heavily or not not at all on the in the booth, and um. Yeah, and all of a sudden, just too many people are making the decision. Yeah. I think the referee is there for a reason. And yes, there are going to be calls that get missed. That's part of the game. Right. I think that's the pain of the game, and we're trying to take that out. And it's like, no, it's like part of the thing that makes it so freaking wonderful. I actually think that refereeing is a a very, very difficult job. Um, I don't think it's great that, like, in the NBA, you know certain refs' names. Like, like you know, you actually know. Yeah, the... Right, like how a game is going to go because of what ref is refereeing it. But I also feel like that's that's always kind of been there. Like these players and these and these referees, they know each other. Like they work together a lot. Right. So you just sort of kind of learn, okay, hey guys, we have this guy tonight. He's going to call everything really tight. Like don't go in for that little extra on the tackle because you'll get your yellow card. Like right. that, that will happen. 
Um, and I think it's it's just part of the game, like right. you said, like that that man management thing. Like I'm not gonna give a foul this early. I'm just gonna tell everybody next foul is a yellow card. Don't care how little it is. Right. Like the next one's a yellow. Right. Like and then you kind of you go from there. And right. I I think that VAR does infringe on that a little bit um i think it can be used a lot better than it is right now like even if they want to use it the way they're using it i feel like if they just sort of centralized how they were going to use it and made sure it was used that way right um that would probably help some of the issues uh i don't understand why the other thing i don't understand is like you know like the the idea right now is that finger said that offsides will be hopefully be automated by the world cup next year and I think if that's the case, that's a wonderful uh, premise because then it'll just so like the idea is that it'll be instant, like so you just, everybody like, will know, like everyone will know within like ten seconds. So yeah. there's never this like pause for a minute or two to make sure that it's onside or offside. So then the celebrations can still happen and all this stuff is still like very much aware and, and available. And I think that's awesome, you know. And I, you know. Uh, a game changer in a way because now we're getting back to the way the game was and and i'm not saying that i'm not like trying to get all traditionalist about it i just think that var is like a business mechanism it's not a, an emotion yeah. mechanism it's yeah. it's for you know every decision to be as efficient and perfect as possible and soccer is an imperfect game yeah it's a beautiful game that's why it's so wonderful and that's why it is imperfect so i think those sort of things and i know i know i'm speaking in this artistic sense but i think <laughs> in a way uh, i understand that. why people want var because everyone wants to call right and everything to be perfect and i'm like yeah. guys that's the like that's why soccer is so great is because right. it's so fucking imperfect and so not perfect and so like sometimes baffling and annoying and why sometimes when we see xg which is like a analytical thing and it's like all like very business and perfect like mm-hmm. a team like uh newcastle will have like a four goal xg and still somehow tie tottenham two 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 or yeah. like uh-huh. yeah. or um bayern and psg bayern psg was like four to one or something like that mm-hmm. like to bayern and somehow psg won three to two yeah you know it's just one of those things like we can't seem to get a great model on how this actually works or not like advanced stats are very very difficult for soccer it's very very most difficult of any sport like every other sport like basketball like Mm -hmm. you can predict basketball baseball uh Mm -hmm. hockey uh hockey's a little less too because there's a lot of chance in hockey but you can still predict uh, course he's a pretty good uh indicator of success yeah and then uh what was the other big sport football too like you can pretty much predict a lot of those things like for the most part not everything like there's still like a transition with college and pro or whatever but um, as like a totally like flip side to that baseball is totally understood like through uh through advanced metrics you can actually see exactly how everything's gonna play out through advanced metrics and it still finds a way to be the weirdest sport possible like it it actively does not want to make sense and that's pretty great yeah um oh yeah what was the other thing oh so uh, where are you going to move next for your for your team? Where am I going to move next? Um, so I think I'm going to solidify. Well, now that that would be telling when it that would be telling you what I'm going to do. But no, all right. Uh, I'm going to try and make a team that's going to be solid in the midfield, play out from the back, and hopefully use Julian Brandt's uh, artistic abilities to make some passes through the uh, through your very formidable defensive line. That would be. 
Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, I'm thinking some I'm going to look wingers. at... Yeah, I'm going to look at some uh, bombing wingbacks and defensive, like, pivots. I'm probably going to get two defensive midfielders or center, like, players, okay. two pivot sort of players, and, and kind of play in that way. Guys who can control play and constantly have the ball. So even those guys who are really good at the back don't have to do that much work. Yeah. Same thing with Dean Henderson, too. I, I just want to I just want to control play as much as possible. Yeah, the best you, form of attack uh, defense is a, is a, is a good, good attack. attack. Yeah. yeah, never forget possession is a uh, offensive stat. Yeah. or I'm sorry, a defensive stat. Yeah. Um, so you, you are you looking big? You're gonna are you gonna get a big guy and just have Henderson kick it up to a to a target man and play from no. there? No, oh, the thing. Yeah, you're saying no. Oh like, no no I'm sorry. You're going the I'm sorry. You were talking about. Never mind. You want to just hold the ball and make sure that. Oh, I just want to, yeah, I just yeah, want to have yeah. the ball for, like, 80% of the game. <laughs> right, just just run around with it, just kick it to each other. Just, well, and yeah. just, like, wait for moments to pick out and, and, you know, cut through. And, yeah, I think that's kind of the thing I was thinking about most. And not to say that they won't be incisive. Like, I, I'm not saying that uh, I'm going to be, you know, Arsenal currently or anything like that, you know. <laughs> Um, uh, I but, was thinking more uh, over in Tottenham, where you just park in the bus. Oh, no, hell no. I, ain't doing that either. <laughs> I will never do that. I want like 65, 70, 80, maybe even 80% of the ball if I can get it. And then, yeah. 80 a lot. I know. 70, <laughs> 70% of the ball, I think. If you get 60 to 70% of the ball, I think you've done a pretty good job. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of that's kind you're of gonna, I'm thinking about. You're thinking of playing four at the back? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Four at the back. Oh, yeah. I would have gotten another center back. I would have done just three center backs. Three center backs. As a goalkeeper. Yeah. Because I, was... I, I had two two really good choices. And, um, yeah, either way, I would have been fine. Yeah, I was, I was, I'm thinking about going to, to three at the back, maybe. Three really? Three. Yeah, 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 maybe. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see I what's mean, available. It just, the, the formation is how it starts. I mean, all changes. Yeah, yeah. Teams, oh, so. yeah. Yeah. What it looks like in a, an attack and in defense are going to be different. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about some some good players that are still on the board, or you want to leave it a mystery until we? Uh... Um, why don't we look at? Uh, why don't we pick? Uh, well, maybe not pick a couple of players, but let's. Um, uh, you have some attacking players and some some attacking players and some midfielders that are still on the uh, still on the board. Some recognizable players. Some recognizable names. Um, let's see. Who do you want to pick out of the list? If you can read any of what I've written down, I know you're fine. It's uh, we got Thomas Lamar, who is for uh, Atletico Madrid, who's finally started to show some of his, um, um, some of his like great play. I mean, he was great at Monaco like three or four years ago, and then all of a sudden he went to Atletico and really struggled, and now he's finally starting to get a hold back in there. Um, I would say uh, Ricky Puig from Barcelona. Yep. There's the American Tyler Adams, who's kind of a number eight, uh, number six, number eight sort of player. Like, a, a, if you're looking for a defensive midfielder, he's a pretty good choice there. He's honestly. he's an he's an interesting because he's like not a completely defensive midfielder. He's like yeah. a you know like I think he and Weston McKinney are much more similar than we realize. I think yeah. they just you know I think they just know how to play with each other. Yeah. Uh, Marco Grzyka, he's an excellent player. Um, There's a. That, Ah, God, I can't uh, pronounce it. A Dominic Sabatsulai. Sabatsulai, yeah. 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 He's, uh, like, another one of those, like, um, mm-hmm. Ozil-ish, not, like, exactly like Ozil, but, like, a left-footed, 
center attacking midfielder who's just very uh, elegant and beautiful on the ball, but he actually does a lot of the hard work defensively. So an excellent player still available. And then we got some, let's see what we got for strikers. For, uh, attacking players, yeah, yeah. we have uh, Daniel James, the winger from Manchester right, United. Yeah. Um, so Alexander there. Sorloth is under twenty five. Huh? He's twenty five. Yeah, exactly. I, I think he's twenty five exactly. Yeah. yeah, he's a guy who was at uh, Crystal Palace as of last year and mm-hmm. did not have a great time. wasn't You know, super effective, and then he went to RB Leipzig and has been actually had like a rebirth of some sense. Um, then there's. Musa Dembele from Lyon, uh, who was great at Celtic for a period of time, um, now is at Lyon. He's looking actually for a move to the Premier League coming up soon. Um, what else do we have? Munir Aladadi. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Malcolm. Malcolm. Uh, he Malcolm is an interesting player because I'm kind of wondering if he wants to get out of Russia at some point. <laughs> he went to Russia and he's been there. And, I mean, he's been really good. It's just one of those things that yeah. um, he went to Barcelona. And I got to say, it was like one of the worst decisions he ever made. He was at Bordeaux and he was a pretty much signed for, for Roma. And then he gets signed to Barcelona and then doesn't play. Yeah. And he put, spends a whole year and he's miserable, and now he's back. Now he's yeah. playing in Russia, which is just one of the weirdest things ever. Yeah, anytime someone ends up in Russia, they've probably made a career mistake somewhere. Maybe honestly. I don't know about that. It's just like one of those weird things that, like, you know, like he still could have gone to Roma, but the thing is, is like Roma was so upset, they were like, "No, we don't want you anymore." I'm like, what right. are we gonna do? Uh, let's see, um, Divock Origi, who's a Liverpool player, who's been kind of solid, scored some mm-hmm. really good goals. There's Ama Diallo. I think he's a Manchester United player, right? I believe so, yeah. 18-year-old who's supposed to be like the next one of the next big things. Like he's available. He's kind of a interesting player. Justin Clavert, the son of Patrick Clavert of Barcelona Ajax fame. He's at RB Leipzig currently. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a that's the kid. I think that's the 16-year-old. Oh, and uh, Yusuf Makoko from Borussia Dortmund. He's also yeah. available too. 16 years old. He's 16. 16, yeah. Yeah. There's also um, is that Anthony Tete? Or is it just Tete? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, no, no, it's just Tete. Uh, just Tete. Just Tete. Um, the other player that's not on this list and I was just wondering about is um, he's a Celtic player, but I don't see him. Oh, yet. Celtic? No, I don't have any. Yeah. Um, but he's um, he's like a 16-year-old, too, that is also um, available. There's that uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, Niles, who's playing at West Brom on loan right now, Pablo mm-hmm. Fornals. Uh, Yves Basuma, who's an excellent player. Um, as well as uh, Andre and Gisa. Those are excellent uh, midfielders uh, to check out. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. Che Adams, a Southampton player. Daniel Pedence, who's also an attacker. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Rafinha, another attacker Rafinha. for Leeds, who's been very good this year. Um, let's see. Bertrand Traore, who was... Where is he playing right now? He's at um, Aston Villa right now? Yes, I believe he's at yeah, Villa. He's been pretty solid. Kelechi Iannaccio, who is Player of the Month this most recent month for Leicester City, who is finally, I would say... Finally like, reaching that form? That... Yeah, you know, it's interesting. He's another. He's a guy who's kind of struggled to stay fit. So. Yeah. He yeah. was like, when he was 19, he was like the next big thing. Yeah. I mean, it was, was a surprise Manchester City. Signing, yeah. yeah. Like, he's was really good. And yeah, it was a struggle. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's healthy and he's been playing really good. So, and, and Brendan Rodgers is getting a lot. He gets the best out of a lot of players. I think yeah. he does a really good job of that. So, yeah. He's, he seems to get a, like a lot out of some of these players that have maybe struggled other places. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of really good wingbacks. We were talking about, uh, like, he, he was looking at getting some bombing wingbacks. 
There's some there's some good ones out there. What like Luke Shaw, James Justin, Luke uh, Shaw, Matty Cash, Matty Cash, um, um, I'm Dest, to... Sergino Dest. Yeah, there's some other ones. Let's see. Um, I've got uh, Remy Bessobani from Russia Much and Gladback, Ben Heinrichs from RB Leipzig. Um, let's see. Junior Firpo. Junior Firpo. Um, um, Audrey Sabla, Audrey Sable from Sociedad, mm-hmm. um, Goro Sable from Sociedad as well. They've got uh, Davide Calabria from Milan. Um, he's a right back. There's a lot of really talented. Um, I will say my scouting in Italy was terrible, um, and we're gonna have to hire new scouts in Italy uh, because I don't think we have a single Italian player. Uh, on here although my first pick was from italy so i guess maybe not um yeah i have uh let's see uh kyle walker peters that's another one he's a right back um yeah maddie cash luke shaw Shaw, timothy castagna who just came from uh just came from atalanta is playing for leicester Uh who's been excellent for them jamal lewis um, Jamal Lewis, James yeah. Justin, Matt Target, um, mm-hmm. some good players. Ben Godfrey, uh, Ben Godfrey, yeah, and then Oliana Ina from uh, Fulham and Anthony Robinson, American friend. Oh, playing for Fulham as well. Yeah, he's also. I forgot about person. Robinson. Yeah, yeah, all young, really talented players. Yeah, so a lot to look at. A lot of options. A lot of yeah. options. So uh, we thank you for sticking with us, um, even through the rant about VAR, which. Very classic, classic coffee house fashion. We're talking about something, and we're like, "Yeah, let's talk about this." Um, yeah, it was a. Qu- I think we got into it because of uh, some Champions League stuff. So. Yeah, and we had a little brief conversation about some of the games that happened, which is good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great time. Yeah. I had a good time. Yeah, you had a good time. Yeah, yeah. Great. I hope you're here for uh, here with us next week for another great time. We appreciate you listening, and uh, we hope you have a great rest of your day. Great week, because I think it'll be Monday. Have a great week. Yes. (laughs) Yes. All right.